What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to a brand new episode of the Wrestling With My Thoughts podcast. I am Ron G, one-third of the host of the podcast. Joining me is Brandon, who is two-thirds of the podcast, and we're waiting on, according to Steiner Math, either 66 and a third. Oh, God. Half of the show, Kurt. What's going on, Brandon? How you doing, man? I am doing very, very well. Brandon is finally on vacation, so very, right, very well. Okay, cool, cool. That's right, that's right. Uh, and I heard you playing that. I heard you playing that Eddie Guerrero when I jumped on, man. Because I couldn't let that go for about another thirty seconds, right there. That's my, that's my shit. <laughs> yeah, man. I wanted to uh, to play that to start off the show because, as most of you know, uh, this past week the anniversary of Eddie's passing um, came up. And uh, thanks to Brandon for for sharing that on the uh, on the uh, on the Facebook page of the group because uh, I normally put something up myself and I completely forgot. So um, Kurt's going to be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, sweet Brandon has entered the live studio. Um, so Brandon, how's your week going, man? Wait, well. Of course, last week was long as shit for no damn reason. <laughs> Friday was even longer. Like, you know, I had to do more than what I anticipated Friday. But, you know, once, you know, four o'clock came and they said, hey, you know, everybody out. I ain't even had my shit together. So I just literally threw everything in the bag. I was passing out snacks, as a matter of fact. So I just started throwing snacks and stuff, man. And I told everybody to get out and I grabbed my stuff and I got the hell out of there. Like all of us did. Everybody, look. Man, look, everybody, all the teachers doing the press. No, no, I own up out of that building on Friday, boy. It was lovely. <laughs> oh, man. And I know you are excited to have this damn break. Man, it was a long time coming. Just a and long time say, coming. It, it probably comes at a at a very, very convenient time. Not convenient, but needed time, I guess. Yeah. Better way to say that. Yeah, man, because the, 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 the folks that I work for, we don't get, like, a traditional fall break and stuff like that. Like, the first, like, long break in the school year we get is Thanksgiving. So, you know, the kids get a lot of breaks. They, they've had, like, four or five days off almost every month. But, you know, right. we you know we, we might get we might get them little three days off and little three-day weekends or whatever, and that's it. So, you know, it's just been a long time coming, man. You know, everybody's tired and... You know, just you know, we just you know, just need a little, we just need a little bit to just kind of regroup, you know, get our bearings, you know, get our feet back under us and everything. And you know, like I said, all everybody was doing the press now. Now on about that building on Friday, boy. <laughs> so it was, including me. I um, I'm still dealing with the issue that I told you and Kurt about, and I shared a little bit of that that situation with the with the listeners here. Um, I'm still dealing with that situation oh, damn. and I've got a doctor's appointment on Tuesday and I, I have to go in and get an updated, um, doctor, uh, visit and check and all that shit, <coughs> excuse me, and then have that, um, sent in and they're going to pick the process back up. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, <laughs> I am not getting paid. Um, so I'm, I am not happy about that at all. Um, I'm not going to air my grievances here on, on uh, public podcasting, but 
um, not happy, uh, mainly because it's put me in a, in a very tough position right now, yeah. uh, coming up in a very uh, crucial time of the year. So it's just more inconvenient, more aggravating than everything. But, man, look, my bills are paid, um, at, least, <laughs> at least for now. My bills are paid, and I got food in the, in the refrigerator. I got a roof over my head. I'm good. Um, yeah. But I have, uh, I have had to cut out more of my driving um, just because of my eyesight and, and my hearing, too, for that matter. My, my, uh, my hearing aids do help, but it, it's not like most people may think. It's, it's kind of like um, it just amplifies the sound. So I hear it, but it's, it's loud as hell because if you were to hear it like I hear it, it would be loud as hell. So, um, because of my hearing, because of my eyesight, um, I have had to make the decision to even um, cut back more on my driving. So, um, tough decision to make, man. And, and you know, it's those days where you, you don't really have anything to do. You don't have anywhere to go. And you're in the house, but you just want to get out. That's the times where it messes with you. Yeah. Um, so, but it's all good, man. I'm going to get myself in a position. I'm working on things and certain things fall into place. I'm going to get myself into a position where that shouldn't be an issue. Um, but otherwise, the uh, the 66 and a third has joined us, according to Steiner Math. Uh, Mr. Kurt has joined us here. Uh, Kurt, how was your week, man? Uh, he's got us on mute right now, I see. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, that's how I be, man. When you get, well, hey, hey, he back. There, there he is. I'm getting the kids together. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. The joys of fatherhood, man. Help my uh, uh, <laughs> how was your week? Got a little one over here. It was good. It was good. Well, yeah, it was good. And then we had a terrible meeting with Amazon where they beat oh. us to hell. It was like a child abuse. Ah. It was terrible. Wow. wow. Yeah. So I got to have another meeting tomorrow with my manager so he can uh, let us have some more of you know, this everyday work life. Man. Um, hope everything works out. It will. It will. You know, okay. just um, lessons learned. And we just move forward, get better each day. Yeah, been on, be on the job, be on the job long enough. You gonna have one of those meetings, boy. Yeah, and I, you know, I try to let everybody Yeah, and I try to let everybody know. You know, I'm not gonna let that. You know, just kill uh, my motivation and morale. I'm gonna, you know, dust my, pick myself up, dust myself off, and we are gonna get better and move forward. Yeah. Hey, man, that's how it be sometimes. And yeah. I'm glad you have that attitude. Um, because I'll be honest, sometimes I don't have that attitude. <laughs> I know somebody in that room like, man, I'm ready to quit right now. I'm gone. Bye. There was a few people like Y'all can't have this shit. Yeah. And I'd be like, listen, man, don't let that, you know, you know, bring you down. Because I, I know I said it was, I said it's very deflating. I'm deflated, but I'm not going to show that. And especially the people on the floor, because they look for us to, you know, be leaders and lead them. So I said, we got to take, take the bumps. In the road, and we get better. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there is something to be said. Uh, attitude reflects leadership, so that's the right. You're right. That is the right attitude to have. So, yeah, man, little bumps in the road, little bumps in the road. I, I've I've recently said something, and I don't know if I heard it somewhere and picked it up, or if I came up with this on my own. I don't know, but um, I, I've been fond lately of saying that it doesn't have to work perfectly to perfectly work. Uh huh. Meaning that you're gonna have bumps in the road. That's not perfect, but once you get past those bumps, your shit's running like a fine-tuned uh, machine. Absolutely. So, all right, man. So what we got this week? Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, we're gonna be talking about Eddie Guerrero, remembering Eddie, uh, talking about some of the things uh, that we liked about him, uh, some of our, the favorite matches of ours, things of that nature. Uh, gonna take a look at uh, just briefly. Um, few things about the AEW TV rights. Um, I don't want to say deal because there's no deal right now, but the the whole uh, situation, if we, if we can say that, AEW TV rights. Uh, talking about the WWE Network, um, and then I'm just going to do since we haven't been reviewing the shows lately, I'm just going to run through the matches and you know who beat who and what grade Bleacher Report gave it. And uh, then we're going to wrap the show up talking about uh, AEW Full Gear that happened last night. Not exactly sure why AEW changed nights, but uh, I guess uh, they had their reasons. <laughs> but um, so let's let's start off talking about the the issue, not issue, but uh, the passing of Eddie Guerrero uh, on the the thirteenth of November. Uh, back in 2005, uh, they found Eddie Guerrero deceased in his hotel room in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, <clears throat> the cause of death was found to be acute acute heart failure. Um, heading into a pay-per-view. Um, there, I, I don't know that there's very much that anybody can say about Eddie Guerrero that hasn't already been said. And 99.9% of it has been high praise, which is well-deserved. I truly feel that Eddie was one of the greatest. And I know we've talked here on the show before that um, Kurt doesn't like for us to use the word great a lot. And and he's right. He's right, to be fair, um, because we do overuse that word. But I truly think it fits in, in this situation. I do think that Eddie was one of the all-time greats, and he passed way too early. He was only 38. Um, shocking blow to the to the wrestling world, um, and especially to those of, of us who were really, really big fans of Eddie Guerrero. Um, Kurt, what are some of your thoughts on, on the passing of Eddie? What, uh, you know, kind of how did it hit you when you first heard? And, and you know, what are some of your, your favorite matches or memories of his? I was shocked when it happened, and um... – I think my biggest memory is just seeing how he left WCW and developed into the superstar he came once he got to WWE because it was just like night and day. Oh, yeah. And I, I think the matches with him and JBL would go down as classics because I never, I never thought JBL. I didn't see him as a superstar either, but he developed into somebody you love to hate. Mm-hmm. I think Eddie had a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did, boy. Yeah, them matches with him and JBL are, are classics. You can go back and watch every day. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I think that 
that jump from WCW to WWE, Eddie was already good. Um, now, I'm not saying he didn't get better. I'm not saying he was at his pinnacle, but Eddie was already good. And he wasn't given, getting that star treatment that he should have been getting, quite frankly, in WCW, jumped to WWE, and it was off to the races. I think he had one one little bump in the road with uh, with drug addiction and alcoholism, but he got clean, got sober, and as far as I know, was clean and sober from that point on. Was never, you know, a problem. Consummate professional, and just got better and better and better. Um, Brandon, what about you? What what uh, what did you think, and how did you feel when you heard the news of Eddie passing? And what's some of your uh, favorite memories and/or matches? Um, when I first when I first heard that Eddie Guerrero passed, I was definitely in shock because I had turned on Monday Night Raw, expecting you know watch Monday Night Raw, and I saw the wrestlers on stage, and I was like, "What's going on?" And um, <clears throat> I think that's when they said Eddie Guerrero had passed away. And I said, "Well, what the hell happened?" And so you know, we found out what happened and everything. And um, you know, I was just like, "Damn," because you know he was right there in his prime, thirty-eight years old, not that much older than me at this point. He was thirty-eight years old, and he was killing it because, like, he definitely now he was already like one of my favorites because I remember. My earliest memory of Eddie Guerrero was that series with him and Rey Mysterio, and then we had formed the LWO. That was my that those are my earliest memories of WCW, and I thought he was dope then. And then when he got to the WWE, like Kurt said, it was like night and day. He ended up, you know, he had he was with the Radicals at first, and then he hooked up with China, and I loved it. He was Latino E. <laughs> that was classic. Like, like, hey, like, 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 uh, I can't say it. Latino heat. <laughs> 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 and, and Latino heat with Mama Cedar, man. That, that was my favorite shit. And um, and then you know he had to leave and come back. And then I remember when him and Chavo. I remember Eddie cut his hair. And him and Chavo came back as Los Guerreros, and then they started doing the lie, the lie, cheat, the steal thing. And you know, I just had a pleasure just sitting back. I watched that whole thing. Just unfold and and I was just like wow and so you know when he passed yeah, that, that, I ain't gonna lie that, it, it it just it, it kind of broke my heart a little bit because I was just like he wasn't supposed to go like that and you gotta remember that was what that was at a time when wrestlers was just dropping dead left and right yes so it was like I was just like damn who gonna be next you know what I'm saying so you know um but yeah man I was just I'm still a big fan to this day um like Kurt said those matches he had with JBL are classics like. And he really put J. I feel like he put JBL on the map. Um, JBL has like two careers. He has like the career when he was in the APA, and then he has that career as JBL. And if it was for Eddie Guerrero, that JBL character would have fizzled out so quick, in my opinion. And yeah, um, I, don't, I don't disagree. I, yeah, that, it would have fizzled out so quick because everybody was just so used to Bradshaw like being APA Bradshaw. I don't, I don't think it would have got over with the audience. But he ended up hooking up with Eddie Guerrero and that whole thing, man. And you really got to see how much of an asshole JBL really is. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think um, that Kurt's right when, when – or let me say I should, I should say I agree with Kurt, that I didn't see JBL as a superstar. I didn't see him as a world champion. I thought he was he was good and did a good job with APA, um, but I didn't see superstar – stamped on him. I didn't see world champions stamped on him. And I think that series of matches with Eddie Guerrero 
really solidified him like okay this dude can hang with eddie he's yeah. he's he's good um <laughs> yeah so he was a hell of a he was a hell of a heel and i i won't go ahead and throw in and then you know i'm done throw in those matches he had with rob those latter matches he had with rob van Dam. those were classic too um, it was Robin Dan and somebody else that um, I'm thinking of. I want to say it was Christian or somebody. He had a ladder match with him. It might have been Edge or somebody. But he had like some hellified ladder matches, man. Oh, and he had one with six that sold out as well in WCW, man. So Eddie was putting on, man. Ed, man Ed, Eddie got so many good matches under his belt, man. It ain't even funny. Uh, him, and Kurt, him and Kurt Angle. Um, yeah, man. So, you know, that, man, series, that series of matches was great as well. Absolutely. And so, man, I just, you know, I just, I just, you know, hate that his life got cut short like that. Cause I'm like, he had another, he had, he had, a, he had another run in him. He had one more and then, you know, whatever. And I, and I would just love, and I think I mentioned this before on this podcast. I'm just like, dang, it's so many, like, cause so many wrestlers have passed, but I'm like, here's so many stories that are untold. Mm-hmm. And I would just love to hear some of the stories that, you know, like Eddie has about certain matches and what he, you know, thought about it and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, man, you know, just one time Eddie Guerrero. I'm done. Yeah. I, um, I think my, my favorite match we watched a couple of weeks ago, um, the Halloween Havoc match between him and Ray. Yeah. Um, I, I, that one sticks out to me as one of my favorite, one of the best. Um, it's either that or for me, his uh, his first WWE title win, um, that mm-hmm. one was was pretty good too. Um, mm-hmm. And he just, I mean, he had he had it. I mean, he he wasn't he wasn't a giant, but he was in shape, and he was a solid technical wrestler. Um, thanks to the lineage that he has, and then not only that, man, the on the microphone. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. He was I, man. I loved it whenever he would he would unlace his boots for Kurt Angle, and then Kurt Angle would go to get him in the in the ankle lock or angle lock, and Eddie slips out of his boot, or somebody throws him a chair, and he yeah. hits it on the mat and lays down like he's been laid out with a chair. No. I mean, it was, it's so ridiculous, it's so ridiculous but, it's but it's hilarious. Oh shit! No. I heard of oh shit! No. Yeah, your thing is echoing like as you <laughs> it's echoing like hell. Boy. Damn it, man! Okay, it's better but, now. Yeah, it's good now. But now, my you know what? The funniest kid, the funniest. I got two of the funniest kids I've ever seen in my life. One of them was with um, he had went and gave Big Show some 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 tacos laced with laxatives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so he went to the bathroom. And, the big show in there taking the shit. <laughs> and I ain't gonna mimic the noises. But just know that shit had me on the floor in tears. And then he like, this is so, you know, you know, you you in that state, you helpless. So the show like, man, Eddie, just get out of here, man. <laughs> and then Eddie Gray here there talking shit, then he kicked the then he kicked the door down, and then the show he was about to go and just try to go get him, and he forgot he got diarrhea. <laughs> And then, um, that goes oh, to show you that you can have some ridiculous shit in wrestling and it'd be oh, good. Oh my god! And then the next week, <laughs> and then the next week, he came out with the sewer truck and sprayed. He sprayed the big show down the damn. He called it was the cockeye. 
And so Big Show done went and, and come, he come, he come, he coming over him and then he had put out a line. Big Show tripped over and he went and sprayed Big Show with shit. So I said, damn. And then the um, then the other fun, the other funny one is when um, they were drop, they were doing a little draw for the Royal Rumble. So uh, him and Ric Flair is in there and then Eric Bischoff and somebody else. So Ric Flair picked his ticket and he, you know, Ric Flair doing the Ric Flair. And then Eddie went and got his ticket and he ain't like what he had. And so, you know, went and dapped up Ric Flair, told him congratulations, and he you know, went and stole Ric Flair's ticket right out of his pocket. Well, he stole his wallet right out of his pocket. And so Ric Flair was like, he, he was like, he showed him the ticket. He's like, hey, man, that ain't your ticket. And then he's like, wait a minute. And then Ric Flair started going through his pockets like he's trying to find his lighter. And he's like, what's my wallet? Guerrero. Guerrero. <laughs> and then it was like, hey, man. And then Teddy Long was like, hey, man, give me the damn ticket. That, Eddie it, it, it was just fucking hilarious. Like, just... Hilarious. Hilarious. And then that next night on Raw was like, that shit was gut wrenching. Mm-hmm. Um, where like everybody is sharing memories and. Everybody was boohooing. Yeah. And they, everybody was boohooing. They, they didn't have any wrestling matches that night that, that were part of storylines. They just had straight up wrestling matches and people sharing memories about Eddie. Eddie. Now, unfortunately, that did come back to bite them in the ass at a later date with someone else, but I also it, think that is connected to to Eddie's death as well. It is, and, I, and at that time, when we all you know, I know what you're talking about. It's just at that time when they did it, they didn't know because all the facts hadn't come out yet. Yeah, so they didn't know, and you would never think that like something like that. None of us oh, thought yeah, that yeah, something yeah, like that, that would have happened. Yeah, yeah, I'm not blaming. WWE at all. I mean, there's no way you could have thought that was the news that was going to come out of Fayetteville, Georgia. So, but, uh, you know, continue to rest in peace, Eddie. Um, we love you, bro. We miss you. And you are one of the great ones. So, um, yeah, greatest of all time, buddy. So, all right. So, moving along, um, the aid with, with all this talk about, um, you know, TV rights deals and, and things of that nature. There's been some questions that I've seen. Um, people asking where AEW might end up, if anywhere different. Um, people asking about the WWE network, what's going to happen with it, with um, TKO taking over. And I just thought that we would take a minute to kind of look at all that. Um, not a whole lot really to discuss uh, when it comes to either one of these really. But I do think it's worth discussing since all of this is going on with TV rights and their deal with Warner Brothers Discovery, I believe, is up in 2000. Yeah, 24. It's it's between somewhere. I've seen two different answers. It's between somewhere between October and December of 2024 when this current deal is up. Um, And I believe they're, they're still in negotiations and I believe they're still in um, what is it it's called exclusive negotiations with WB uh, Discovery so they haven't I don't think they're allowed to enter into any negotiations right now with anybody else but uh, they are still in in discussions Um, by everything I've read Warner Brothers Discovery is absolutely ecstatic with the numbers that AEW is doing. Um, now, I don't know I don't, if, if mindset was uh, prior to uh, 
attendance going down and viewership going down. So I'm not sure how the execs feel right now, but um, what do you think, Brandon, about the, the chances of AEW landing anywhere else other than a uh, Warner Brother Discovery owned network? I, I don't know how I feel about that. I guess, you know, it depends on where they end up. So hopefully wherever they end up, you know, it'll be able to bring, you know, more exposure to their product. And hopefully they put out a good enough product to make people want to watch it. And so that's that's all I pretty much have to say about that. You know, just hopefully they'll land somewhere where they're not on the on the you know, hopefully they don't land somewhere where they you know, if you don't have a Roku box then you can't watch that channel. I'll put it that way. Well it seems to be like most people are saying that they think that AEW is gonna end up on the Max app, which is formerly HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And that is owned by Warner Brothers Discovery, but I'm not sure how that would that would work. Um, I don't think it's a good idea for AEW to be off broadcast. I think it's. I don't think that. I don't think it's a good. I don't think it's a good idea for any wrestling company that's trying to uh, make money. Number one and number two, have a, a fan base. It's not a good idea for them to not be on some type of broadcast television, unless you're something like a CZW where you do stuff that can't be seen on regular broadcast television. And we're so, thankful for that, right? Or at least so. I- um, so, but you know, he, or even it, to, to be honest with you, you know, it's some streaming sites and networks that got a place for them. I put them on Zeus in a heartbeat. They do look crazy okay. and shit like that. So, but, okay, did I know. miss something? Did, is AEW not being on Turner no more? Did I miss something? Well, their TV rights deal is up um, in 2024, somewhere between October and December 2024. And they've been in exclusive negotiations right now. But they haven't come to terms for anything new, so there's speculation that they might be looking to get um, a better deal out of Warner. Dis- I don't think I don't think Warner Discovery is wanting to kick them out, and I don't think AEW is wanting to leave. They just want to get a better deal. Their mindset is, from from what I've read, their mindset is since WWE got a forty percent increase for their TV rights, that's going to make wrestling as a whole more appealable. Uh, more appealing to TV networks. I'm telling y'all now, I don't believe AEW can get a 40% increase. I could be but wrong, I, but I think that's what they're trying to do. I think with the AEW fan base and the way people watch, I think they probably could. I might be wrong, but I, I think they probably could. And then in this environment that we live in now. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting to see because um, like I said, ratings and attendance is down. You two missed uh, the pay per view, unfortunately, last night because you had some prior engagements. But no, I didn't. I didn't had no prior engagement. <laughs> I just thought damn shit was on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was done. done. I was done. I was done with everything. I was done. See, we can go ahead and do this now. I was done with everything that I had to do. I had gotten home, mind you. I had been, I had been just, I had just got out, just, I had just gotten home from Tacoma, Georgia yesterday. Shout out to my niece Kelly, playing softball on that whole team. They are very, very good. But I had just gotten home, and I was like, "That pay per view come on in thirty minutes." And then someone was like, "No, Brandon, the pay per view don't come on till tomorrow. AEW pay per views come on on Sunday." So I was like, "All right, cool." I started watching football and missed the whole damn pay per view. Yeah. So well, I went to the funeral yesterday morning, and as soon as I came home, I had to get ready for a party. So I was out of the house. I was 
out of pocket all day. I didn't get home last night after one o'clock. Hey, look at man, look at look at look at look at man, look at Kurt over here digging up that old twenty-five year old self. Getting home all late. Yeah, we had a ball. We had a ball. Yeah, you don't even sound tired. I'm not. Yeah, that's how you know it was a good. That's how you know it was a good party. Yeah, it was a very good party. Very good. Mm-hmm. So it'll it'll be interesting. So I don't I don't think um to answer your initial question, Kurt, I don't think anybody's looking to leave or go anywhere. They're just trying to get more money out of it. Um and I don't blame you. Yeah, I mean I don't it's the name of the game at the end of the day, so yeah. Um but I, I don't know that I stick by not knowing if they can actually get like a forty percent increase. They may get I'm sure they'll get some kind of increase just because everything's going up. But I think it's if if they're looking for anything close to like WWE numbers, I think they need to temper their expectations. I would agree, and I would I also would say if they would try to reject any offer that's a good offer, then Tony Khan would be cracking his head. Absolutely, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, <laughs> Because I don't, I don't see anybody else, uh, you know, going through hoops to to get them. I just, I don't. Um, so, but yeah, everything I read is that it, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery is is pleased with AEW, and vice versa. Because I think AEW, I mean, Warner Brothers Discovery actually has a a, a stake in the show. They have a vested interest in it. So um, I think it would be good for them to retain them. I just don't know that going the route of the HBO or now Max app is is the thing. No, that that's a terrible idea. Terrible. No, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think the only the only way a promotion can get away with that, and this is just speculate, not speculate. This is just me with a thought in my head. Um. Is somebody that's kind of a no name that isn't established, and maybe somebody like a Netflix or Hulu picks them up and gives them a weekly spot. And, and the the first thing that comes to mind is OVW. Um, but in in terms of it working long term, no, I, I don't think wrestling isn't built for streaming. But even even that, you know, a lot of people have dropped Netflix because of the increase that they're doing. So you're Which not is you're fucking ridiculous. You would lose you would lose your fan base if you did that. Absolutely. I, and I don't. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm no, because it, it it would have been all right. Netflix was still seven ninety nine. Then okay. But nineteen ninety nine now nobody's doing that. And it's about to go up to thirty dollars. Well, I'll be cutting what mine off to do that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Netflix. Uh, yeah. My, my no, formal... get a thirty. I would be. I would. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be canceled. Yeah, y'all can y'all can kiss my ass for thirty dollars. I've been right. with y'all since you was getting DVDs in the mail. They want thirty. They want thirty dollars. They won't even let you. They won't even let you shake your password and all this. Everybody can share the will. That was a good ass hustle. Man, get the top of the line there. Everybody put in a little bit. That was a good hustle right there, man. And then, and then, and then, I, was, I, think, I think Brandon is trying to tell us something without telling us something. Hey man, I, I never did it, and it's so bad with me. I, I've been paying for Hulu for maybe over a year, maybe two years. I don't, 
I forgot the password and have not even, I don't even log on to it. See, that's the thing. If you forget your password on Hulu, you might as well just make another account because they make it so hard for you to recover. They the password, man. I'm like, and then I can't cancel that because I don't know what account is coming out of. Exactly. So you end up having like five. <laughs> it didn't happen to me before. You had like five accounts. You get billed for it every month. You like, mm-hmm. but I can't cut it off because I don't even know which one is which. Yeah, because especially when they don't say they don't say Hulu. They just tell me, a, you know, something streaming. I'm like, well, who? Which one? Right. <laughs> you don't know. That's how they. I think they did that on purpose. That's how they get you. Yeah. Oh man. And the what's worse than that is trying to unsubscribe from from emails. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get so much spam. Yeah. Man. So uh another question coming in with the uh with the TV networks um negotiating with WWE, some people have been wondering what's gonna happen with the WWE network. Um the rights deal they have with NBC Universal, I, or is it Comcast Universal? I don't know. Whatever that conglomerate is. NBC, I'm just gonna say NBC. Um Somebody got a door open? Say what? Somebody got a door open? No. Mm-mm. I hear some outside. Yeah, I'm trying to... It's me. I, you know what? I always forget to shut this damn window. Hold on one second. I'm telling you. What's he doing to us, Kurt? I don't know. Just bringing down... Brandon, we give people high-quality shit. No, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do, but sometimes, you know, Brandon gets hot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway, with the WWE Network, the deal um, that they have with NBC, as I said, I'm just going to say that, um, that doesn't run out until 2026. And I'm sure they could get out of it, come to some sort of agreement to some sort of payoff or payout or whatever. But I don't look for WWE Network to go anywhere until at least 2026. Um, what's interesting is though, the UFC deal, and I think this is, this is just the streaming deal. I don't know if it's the pay-per-view and all that, but what I read was just the UFC deal with ESPN expires in 2025. Hmm. So y'all think it could be possible, Kurt, you think it could be possible that TKO is looking to bring UFC and WWE and all that under one umbrella and on, on an app maybe that they create? It's possible, but I wouldn't do it. Yeah, to kind of mimic what Stephanie McMahon said a while back about uh, when they made that deal with with NBC for the network, she said we're not we're not a technology company, we're we're a uh, content company. And she said I think that this deal, I'm paraphrasing, said that she thought that deal made a lot of sense because um, NBC is a uh, uh, technology company in terms of television and all that stuff. So it would allow them to do what they do while taking advantage of what NBC does. Brandon, what do you think? You think uh, TKO will will take a stab at creating a platform to to bring UFC content and WWE content under one umbrella? I don't see why not because a whole bunch of other platforms and stuff are doing it. Um, You know, to put all their content in one place. So I mean, I don't see why not. Like, they have something like a, uh, I wouldn't be opposed, like, say, I know just kind of armchair booking here, so to speak. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to them, like, hey, let's go ahead and buy a part of, you know, uh, uh, Fight TV 
or whatever and, and put our stuff on there or make an app, something like Fight TV. Because I think Fight TV is dope. We put all combat sports on there. Yeah. So I think it's really dope. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why is this not an actual channel now instead of an app. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I can see it. Is it going to happen? I don't know. Um, I think it's too much money. Yeah, that's broadcast, what I'm saying. Broadcast network deals, I think it's just way too much money. That's just like that's just like the NFL pulling all their football games from um, Fox and NBC and CBS or whatever and just putting it on the NFL app. Yeah. Or you got or you gotta get or you gotta get sunny ticket. You know what I'm saying? It's like, does that make any sense? No. Business wise? No. But I can see them putting like some of their old, you know, taking some of their um you know, the WWE's old content and then taking some of UFC's old content and then putting it in one place and creating their own um, streaming platform or whatever just for that content. I can see it, but... I just know. think it's too much work for them to do. To, to yeah. not get, yeah. They already get enough money. I just don't see what's the benefit yeah. behind it. Yeah, and then, and then and I'm, not, I'm not trying to... I like the fact that the WWE put their, their um, PLEs or pay-per-views for us or Peacock, you ain't got to pay for $5 a month. But I'm just thinking, maybe it's just me. If I was the person that was coordinating that, you got ESPN Plus. If you want to watch us on pay-per-view, you're going to have to pay this $50. No, no, no. Hold on. Me and you going to fight on that one. That's a hill I'm willing to die on. I'm just looking um, at it from a businessman standpoint. Uh, well, because I'm like, you're putting, out, you're putting out good enough product. People going to pay for it. On, on, yes. Yes. But I think it's... Yes and no. I, I, it's their time now. I quit. I quit buying UFC pay per views. I would get a few at home. Most of the time, we went to the spot to watch them or whatever. But when I did, when I would get one at home, no problem. I don't do that anymore because I refuse to pay you a fee to have the opportunity to purchase your pay per views. The pay per views are already what eighty dollars now. But not only that, it's like fifty bucks. You got YouTube. Why would I pay for a pay per view when I can wait two or three days later or even the next day going to watch, watch? Why would I do that? Why, would I do that? Why yeah. the hell would I? Do that? And then, yeah, and me and Ryan used to be the one to diehard UFC fans, but I get back guarantee right now, Ryan can even tell you anybody relevant in UFC right now. Who can? I couldn't tell you anybody that's relevant in UFC right now. And I know Ryan couldn't either. And we were big fans. I don't know what happened to UFC. We just died down. Every time, like, what happened? Because, because this is the thing. Every time, like, when, they, when they broadcast a big fight, I'm like, I want to sit down and watch a big fight. But I don't, I don't know nothing about none of these folks. Unless it's John Jones. Yeah. Or, 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 or Nagano or somebody. You didn't even need it. I'm, I'm like, I don't know who out. he is that they're fighting. I'm just trying to figure out what happened in the last five to ten years to where. Like, we don't get it. Just, it just, yeah. They just yeah, water down like we don't we don't know who nobody is and we just really don't care. Yeah, and because like Kurt said, we would go weekly. Yeah, weekly we would go monthly. Like it was a thing for us. That was our thing for like two three years, Absolutely. or Absolutely. if not longer. Long. It go, was long. It was long. We would hit. We would hit Hooters. Shout out to Hooters. Um, we would hit Hooters, watch the fights, talk, and all that shit. And Kurt's right. At some point. Stuff changed. I think what changed is the is the way they started doing the Ultimate Fighter, and um, I do think, for me at least, the the switch to ESPN Plus 
to get some of their content. No, nah. I'm not paying $7.99 or whatever it is. And call me a cheapskate, but I'm not paying a $7.99 just to have the opportunity to purchase your shit. No. No. I think if you're going to pay, I think if you're going to pay a subscription, you should. Um, they should save seventy five percent of that fee off. Exactly. And, get, and, and, on, and, on, and on top of that, every once in a while, give you a free one because that would encourage now, you to get the big one. They do that. They still do that. They give them away free on ESPN. That's something. Um, kind of going off script here. That's something that I absolutely praise UFC on. Dana White. Well, absolutely. What's going on, Hill Club? Uh, Dana White did a beautiful job of every so often before UFC got into the height of its popularity was every every other month or every two months or three months or something like that, he would give a free card on Spike TV. Oh, yeah, really I remember that. Really I remember that. marketing idea. Yeah. Give them a little bit of this. And then when the, when we go to the pay per views, they they gonna want to see that because we've already built these guys up through some of the other stuff, right? Um, I, and I think I said it already, but I I think the changes that they made to uh, the Ultimate Fighter were horrible. Um, they should have just stuck with the premise uh, of the original show because it's it's right in your face. It's just what it is. But they tried to change some things, and and in my opinion, it became very uninteresting. Very uninteresting. So, um, but that's my my thoughts on it, Kurt. I think that's kind of what happened. Mm. So, yeah. Sometimes it's one of those things. It's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't. If it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I loved, you know, when the WWE Network had we just had their own network. You just oh. paid that little price every month. That was the best thing. Um, I was so happy to be able to finally watch a pay per view when it came on. Yeah, and I'm I'm cool with the way it is now. The only thing I hate is the way that NBC has categorized or Peacock has categorized all that shit. It sucks. It sucks ass. Sucks. And you can't you can't tell what's going. You know what's what what. Come on, man. There's only one Survivor Series year. Why when it's, why must it be Survivor Series season thirty one episode one? Come on, man. It's Survivor Series 2022. Period. Right. That's it. So, I don't know, but I'll quit bitching for a little bit. All right. <laughs> he'll be back in just a minute. So, I'm going to take this opportunity to run down um, the results from this past week's main shows. Um, Monday Night Raw, uh, Dynamite on Wednesday, SmackDown uh, on Friday, and this week, Collision on Friday as well. So just real quick, on Monday Night Raw, uh, we saw Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins beat Dominic Rose. I almost said Dominic Rose. God damn it, please. Mm-mm-mm. Let me start over again. Sami Zayn and Seth Dominic Rhodes beat, beat Dominic Mysterio and J.D. McDonough. Bleacher Report gave it a B-. Nakamura beat Otis, C+. Knox beat Niven. C minus Kaiser beat Champa B Jaili beat Indy Hartwell D plus Miz beat Ivar B minus Balor and Priest beat Uso and Rhodes with a B plus and Bleach Report gave that show an overall grade of B plus or I'm sorry C plus AEW Dynamite on Wednesday John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta beat uh, Orange Cassidy and Hook. 
B, uh, Blue Beat Velvet B, Joe Beat Cruz C, The Young Bucks Beat Penta and Commander B, The Guns Beat Peter Avalon and somebody that he teamed up with. Uh, they gave that a D. Omega, Jericho, and Paul White, Big Show, uh, beat Anabushi, beat Takeshita, Fletcher, Hobbs, and uh, Cage, B+. Plus. Overall grade for that show from Bleacher Report was a B-. minus. Friday Night SmackDown, Street Profits beat Pretty Deadly and the Brawling Brutes, no grade. Dragon Lee beat Axiom, B+. Plus. Uh, Cameron, oh, damn it, uh, fine. Yes, it was. Yes, yeah. it was. Uh, Waller beat Grimes, C+. Plus. L.A. Knight beat Jimmy Uso, B. Overall grade, C+. Plus. AEW Collision on a special Friday night this week. Miro beat Garcia, B+. Plus. House of Black beat The Boys, C. Beretta beat Commander. Penta and Brian Cage, B+. Plus. Wordlow beat some drop uh, jobbers, no grade. Matthews beat Yuta for a B plus. Statlander and Sheeta beat Soho and Soraya for a C plus. There was no overall grade given on this one because they graded the show along with Rampage, and I'm not going to go through Rampage because we don't ever review it or watch it really. So, so that was the shows for uh, for this past week. Um, like I said. We, we've talked about it before, folks. The shows are just not exciting. They're boring. And so we just run through them and uh, give you the basics on them. want to remind everybody, take this opportunity to remind everybody that next Saturday um, is our very last show for the year 2023. Um, Brandon, we can talk more about this when Kurt gets on here, and I, I really do hate to do it um over back, the air, back, okay. <laughs> um, I really do hate to do it here over the air, but we we forgot to talk about a start time next week. Um, the show, the main show, starts at eight. Um, do do we want to start the actual show at seven or seven thirty, or we want to start when the when the pay per view kicks off? Well, I think we need to. I say maybe seven forty five. Seven forty seven thirty, seven forty five. So that, that way we can so that way we can just kinda, you know, introduce everything, get our bearings straight, just get everything together or whatever, and then once the show starts, we're ready to go. So Okay. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking too. I just we forgot so we'll, to talk about it in pregame. So Yeah, so we, you know, we technically have our own little mini, you know, our own little uh mini uh pre show. We'll be like the boys on the TNT, my favorite <laughs> my favorite my favorite pregame show, post game show ever. All right. All right. So uh, next week, folks, uh, Saturday at 745, uh, we will be having our last live broadcast of 2023. We want to make this a big deal. Um, Our partner Hill Club is going to be joining us uh, on the panel that week um, as a kind of as a as a thank you for uh, being so loyal throughout this time. Following us, liking the show, being active on the social media. Um, uh, He and I were exchanging uh, DMs last night uh, during the pay-per-view. As a matter of fact, I might – do you all want to bring on Hill Club for the review of the pay-per-view? That's cool. Okay, because he did watch it as well. 
All right, Hill Club, go ahead and, and ask to join in. We'll get you in here as we get ready to review um, Full Gear. Excuse me, y'all. And there Baby he is, stuff. the world's most dangerous Hill, Hill Club. Yay, Lord. Gentlemen, good evening. Good evening. What's going on? I hope everybody's having a good Sunday. Everything. Oh. Well, what the hell was it? Uh, Mom dropped her cane. Don't. Oh, okay. Don't pay attention to Sorry, I was in the middle of a match here. Sorry. I've got rules. Like I was saying, I hope everybody's Sunday's going well. Uh, Brandon, how's the Falcons doing? They play this week. Oh, good. So that way you don't have to complain this week, huh? Exactly. <laughs> we didn't win, we didn't lose, so I ain't got nothing to say. Hey, that's all that matters, right? That's all that matters. Then this week we'll call this week a tie. Yep, that's all. All right, so Hill Club, we're going we're gonna to review the show, but um, Brandon and Kurt didn't have a chance to see the, see the show. It was my – hey, for me it was – well, go ahead, Ron. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll let you tell it. I, I was about to say, I was like, all right, if you want to get it out there, but – um, Kurt had a couple of things going on yesterday. He had something going on in the afternoon, something going on in the evening. So he was out of pocket all day until about one o'clock this morning. And Brandon, I got to give the man credit. He did everything he was supposed to do. Got all his running around out of the way so he could dedicate himself and his time to the pay-per-view. Oh, tip my hat off to you, Brandon. There you go. That's and that, 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 and that never ha- it never happens, by the way. And that never happens. <laughs> and, and what happened then, Brandon? <sighs> so I, I, I get him. I went and got my pizza and everything. So I'm going to go in here and watch this pay-per-view. And then something in my head was like, something in my head was like, Brandon, they Saturday. The pay-per-view don't come on till Sunday. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh, okay. And I, I literally talked myself out of watching this. So I was like, well, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to drink me a beer and watch football. So I end up watching, um, I was watching, uh, uh, I don't even remember the game I was watching. I ended up falling asleep anyway. And then I woke up and I looked on, I had to check my phone and something said, full gear results. And I said, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, because you're all used to having pay-per-views on Sundays. Right. And I'm just like, but no, but for AEW, they usually do their pay-per-views on Sunday. And so I'm like, okay, it's Saturday. Collision, come on tonight. I'm not going to watch Collision. I watch football. So, I, you know, I literally, like, talked myself out of watching it because I was definitely about to put this app on and watch it. And, yeah, so. so with, with that said, Hill Club, um, they don't have any frame of reference for what we saw on Saturday. I oh. think, um, in my opinion, um, they didn't miss much. Uh, no. would you, before we begin, would you agree or disagree? Well, you disagreed with that. Okay. Well, I'm, no, I'm saying that they did. They didn't miss out much and anything because, like, you saw it and I saw it and everything. And some of these reactions of the matches, and I was kind of like, um, okay, it just threw a curveball in my head. And I mean, the only thing, like, like I said before, last night the pay per view, the main event, basically was a little bit more interesting than throughout the whole contest itself, throughout the whole night. Because it was going back and forth, back and forth. And 
uh, I forget, I think it was around like maybe 30 something minutes for the main event, and then they finally ended it. So, yeah, and the that's, fans, a, that's a proper way to say it, too. They finally ended it. Yeah, <laughs> and I think the fans were kind of, they were kind of getting into it, but, eh, you know, it's a little too long. Kurt, can you do me a favor well, before we get ready to go through these results? For some reason, I missed the grade, the Bleacher Report grade for the Swerve Strickland Hangman Adam Page match and the MJF J White main event. Would you mind pulling that up on Bleacher Report? Hold on one second. Another thing I wanted to talk about Hill Club that we saw that they didn't have uh, the opportunity to see, you'll probably notice it if you watch, if and when you watch any replays, guys. Um, the crowd in the forum was it it looked like a super in super indie show meaning it it had more people than a regular independent show but much less people <clears throat> excuse me much less people than you would expect for an AEW a major promotion pay-per-view yeah um, i agree it, it seemed like it was like uh you know a high school gymnasium type Okay, I, I wasn't going to say that, and I, I'm sorry for cutting you off. I wasn't going to say that. I thought maybe that was just me because maybe I had took an edible or something. But um, <laughs> I was thinking, okay, maybe that's just me. But, yeah. yes, I completely agree. So, sure. I wasn't sure. All right, Brandon said he would be right back in just a moment. So, so I'm gonna what, go ahead. Oh my, what grade you want, Brian? Uh, Swerve Strickland and then the main event of MJF and Jay Rock. You're not gonna believe this shit because I'm looking no. at these grades. No, no. Like, I, I, I won't. I saw it. Or I just don't remember what it is, and I didn't put it down. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, this shit is unbelievable. All right. I'll, I will let. I'll save it for for you to say once we uh once we get to that match. So the first match I had listed when we did the predictions actually was the last match of Zero Hour. So we're gonna count that. Yeah. Um, MJF and what ended up being Samoa Joe. Taking on the guns for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Uh, the winners were MJF and Samoa Joe. Bleacher Report gave that match a B plus. Um, I'm not mad at that grade. I probably would have been at a C plus, um, mainly for the afterbirth than than what happened. Yeah. Brandon Brandon chose MJF or Brandon predicted rather MJF and Samoa Joe. Kurt, excuse me, good grace is alive, y'all. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Kurt predicted MJF and Samoa Joe, and Hill Club selected MJF and Samoa Joe. I lost. Next up was Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, Nick Wayne, taking on Adam Copeland, Darby Allen, and Sting. What's going on here? Someone's uh, pouring a drink there? There ain't nobody but me. <laughs> Mute your mic, sir. Somebody just I, thought was still, I thought it was still muted. Oh, my no. <laughs> I was going to say, who's pouring drinks around? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, trust me, on all the other podcasts, I've heard worse. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Hey, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. May I interject real quick? Yes, sir. So on Friday, I was sitting in a meeting at work, and somebody for it was an online meeting, and somebody forgot to mute their mic, and they went to the bathroom. 
Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't but tell yeah, me I'm at lunch, too. Wow. I don't, I, I, I'm not going to say over the air, but yeah. Wow. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quote Charles Barkley. Terrible. Did they wash their hands, though? Was that the question? Yeah, they washed their hands. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So now that we got the bong hit out of the way <laughs> and there's somebody shit on a team meeting. Yeah, good job. <laughs> good job, <brother. laughs> We had second match. Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne taking on Adam Copeland, Darby Allen, and Sting. Sting and his crew won. Bleacher Report gave this a C plus. Brandon chose Christian and crew. Kurt chose Sting and crew. I chose Sting and crew. And Hill Club chose Sting and crew. Third match of the night was Orange Cassidy, the much-anticipated Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley. Hmm. Yeah, I just had to do that. Um, <laughs> so Orange Cassidy and uh, or Orange Cassidy, rather, wins the match, which was surprising to me. Even Here's what's weird. When I watched this last night, I was like, damn, I didn't expect that finish. And when I started to check, I picked Orange Cassidy to win. Urge. <laughs> <laughs> so, Orange Cassidy won. They gave the match an A. <laughs> an A. Um, so, Brandon chose John Moxley. Kurt chose John Moxley. I chose Orange Cassidy. Hill Club chose Orange Cassidy as well. Hikaru Shida taking on Tony Storm. Tony Storm wins the match and the AEW women's title. Uh, they give the match a C plus. Brandon picked Hikaru Shida. Myself, Kurt, and Hill Club all selected Tony Storm. Next matchup, House of Black versus LFI versus FTR versus Ricky Starks and Big Bill. <laughs> Starks and Big Bill win the match. They gave it a B. Brandon picked House of Black. Kurt picked House of Black. Myself and Hill Club picked Ricky Starks and Big Bill. I want to stop right here for just a moment. And the reason I'm fl- kind of flying through this, because I know Brandon and Kurt didn't, didn't get a chance to watch, so we're not spending a whole lot of time dissecting matches. But this one I do want to do, because um, Hill, Club and I, Hill Club and I did see this. Hill Club, was this not a brutal fucking match? Oh, you know, I knew uh, FTR was going to come in there and the House of Black. We knew the House of Black was going to do something crazy. Come on now. This is a good team and everything. I, I think somewhere down the line it's going to become champions. Ricky Starks and Big Bill, you know, I didn't think that this team was going to be coexisting each other for a long period of time. But, and I mean, the company and Tony Khan is really pushing these two together. So, you know, they I think they'll be like, you know, how – Back in the old days, remember the Shawn Michaels diesel combination? I think this is what it's going to come out to. Like these two are going to be tag champions for a little bit, and then somewhere down the line it's going to crack and down the road. So it everybody was oh, – we know how big Bill is and everything. He'll be a brutal big guy. and I mean, He was the tallest one out of the whole group except for uh, a House of Black members. So, hey, it was a great match, I think. 
it wasn't like a top A, but I think it was like a B minus for my opinion because it was so brutal and the fans actually liked this. And 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 for me, me and Brandon kind of talked about this on the pregame before um, Kurt jumped on. To me, therein lies part of the problem. And I understand why it's a problem, but they've got to slow this down, man. That that splash that Cash gave to the big guy from the House of Black off the top rope onto the ladder that was between the, the barricade and the ring, that ladder did not give. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just it's just shit like that. And and then right before that, somebody gave a, a move on the same ladder. To somebody else, it didn't bend then either. Um, so it's just they did a. If I'm not mistaken, it was a a, a sit out pile driver from like off the second rope or maybe even top rope onto a ladder. Uh, there was um, there were just several spots on the ladders. I don't even remember them all. That made me cringe. And the fans, while all this is going on, oh, and the move, what's the move that, that, um, damn, I can't think of his name, but just a lot of shit going on in that match. Um, the, the thing is, while all of this is going on, the fans are chanting, we want fire. And um, I'm like, the fuck? Is this ECW all over again? And not the good side of ECW? Yeah, so, the, uh, not so good side of ECW. Everybody remembers that part. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and Brandon, if, I, I, if you feel like it, um, chime in with what you were saying on the pregame with regards to that. I think that, that AEW is, I, the way I put it on, on social media was, I thought that AEW was flirting with disaster by allowing their talent to do some of the things they do. And they've got to reel this in. And um, Brandon had a response to that on the uh, on the pregame. What was that, Brandon? Um, my response was, I think that ever since you have the the, the hell in the cell with Mick Foley, um, the stuff ECW was doing, and then you had Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys come along and put on those ladder matches and those TLC matches. They set the bar, and so you have you got to think that's a generation of kids that grew up on that, and I'm one of them, and. They became, you know, some of those became, you know, professional wrestlers. So to me, you know, they're living out, you know, the stuff that they wanted to do when they when we were kids. And the companies and stuff is like, hey, these are things that the fans are interested in. So we're going to capitalize on that. So we're going to try and give them as many variations of these type of matches as we can, because we think that this is what the fans would want to see. Now, it's all well and good, but when you put something on like that consistently, you know, maybe not every week, but um, you know, once or twice a month, and you're constantly seeing death matches. You're constantly seeing la- uh, just ladder matches and just brutal matches all the time. You know, you kind of get you kind of get bored of it. So the talent feels like, hey, we're going to have to um, up the ante as far as going for you know for all these risks and just doing all these crazy things that would legitimately kill somebody if somebody slipped the wrong way. Because you know, fans want to see matches like this and they want to see it every single week. So they think, which in reality, as a fan, I don't want, I don't need to see that every single week. Give it to me once or twice a year. Make it special. And then once you right. make it special, then you don't have to go through all of these crazy things because 
It's like, okay, I haven't seen a ladder match in eight months. So anything you do with that ladder, I'm like, oh, shit, that look like it hurt. Because you haven't seen that performer or performers do these type of things in these matches. I would even, at this point, I would wait a couple of years until you do another Hell in the Cell, for example. You don't need to do that every single year. And before, in this original incarnation, you didn't see Hell in the Cell a whole lot. You might have seen Hell in the Cell maybe every two, three years. And that was to culminate a major feud. And there was a reason for it, and it made sense. So, you know, that's, that's pretty much what I was saying. Um, I, I, just, I just think that it's, it's, it's too much. Um, I hate to put it this way, but I think I don't want to say it's too much violence because you know, wrestling is a violent sport. But it's just too much dumb shit going on that, you know, they're not going to learn until somebody legitimately has a career ending injury or worse. And I'm just like, you don't have to put that on every yeah. single, you don't have to put that on every, you ain't got to put stuff like that on every week to get ratings, man. You ain't got to do that. Don't, don't have these wrestlers getting out here, oh, damn, they're killing themselves just to pop a rating. It's, it's not worth it. So, so Kurt, you and I come in from Hill Club. If you don't mind me asking, what's, what's your age range? My age range, I'm at, uh, I'm between uh, 35 and 40. Okay, yeah, and I didn't want to get specific for, you know, obvious reasons, but, yeah. um, Kurt and I are, are from a little bit different era with our wrestling fandom. Now, I know that both Brandon and you have seen things from the old school, um, and Kurt and I kind of grew up with it, and... Brandon hit on something very specific that I, I would like to get Kurt's um, input on as well. He said that um, the Hell in the Cell was originally brought in as a culmination of a feud to like, all right, we're, we're going to end this once and for all inside this cage. Can't nobody get out. I'm going to, you know, beat your ass or whatever. To now where it's a pay per view every year with like two or three cage matches on it, I thought that um, lockdown for TNA was a great concept at first, but then when every match was a cage match, it was all right. Yeah, this this isn't is because everybody can't do a cage match, right? So I thought the first time they did it was cool though because it was yeah, something different because we had never seen it, right? And I, uh, Kurt, so I would like to ask you, as as someone from from my generation that grew up the way we grew up and watched what we watch, how how do you feel about seeing like just cage matches for no reason or uh, these ladder matches where it's like almost every week or almost every show has some variation of a gimmick match on it? What are your thoughts on that? Just too much. Somebody need to mute their mic because you, we got to hear your feedback. But it's just too much. It, you, if you have all these cage matches, then none of them mean anything. And that's the problem with, with the AEW to where you have all these tournaments every fucking week. Absolutely. And then you have these cage matches that means nothing. You have these ladder matches that mean nothing. You make all of it just irrelevant and it, none of it means anything. All that should be, should be a build up to the big blow off to end a few. And for whatever reason, and they say Tony Khan is a wrestling fan and historian, I cannot tell. Because you keep doing shit that don't make no sense. None. Tony, Tony Khan created the land of dream matches. So basically, if he was sitting in his room right now and he had one of them old wrestling rings we used to put together, them toys and the ring. At a stage and all that, these are the type of matches that he would put on every single day while he was sitting in his room on summer vacation. But the problem is, you 
can't put on the or keep doing these matches for a fan of one. Right. Nobody right. else want to see that. You might want right. to see if your audience is not a fan. It's not just you. So you right, stop right. thinking of a fan of one and think about the motor, the millions of people that you could attract if you start thinking about other people than what you want to see all the time. Right. I agree. Um, it is yeah. as bad as some of Vince's booking ideas were at times. Vince knew when to tuck tail and scrap an idea. Okay, rockabilly ain't working. We need to do something. Or, yeah. you know, do, do <laughs> the dumpster, dumpster droge isn't working. We need to do something different. Um, or uh, how about Quang and everything didn't work out, yeah. so we put Savio Vega. Yeah, all of that stuff. So the, the idea is you do something, and it over the course of, let's say, two, three weeks, if it doesn't start paying dividends or the fans seem like they don't care, then drop the idea. But Kurt is exactly right that it makes me not want to see a, a, a cage match because there's nothing vested in it. I'm not, I'm not invested in the storyline that you're doing, so I don't care what happens in this cage match because it's not blowing anything off. And Brandon is also right in that if you're doing three, four cage matches a month or whatever gimmick matches, whatever... Kenny Omega does in the first one, well, Danny Garcia may feel like he needs to upstage it in the next one. And that's where what Brandon was saying, uh, people feel like they got to build bigger and bigger upon things. Nobody needs to try to, to outdo Mick Foley because yeah. most of that wasn't even planned. <laughs> but no, the, you're right. It was not planned <laughs> when he got know. thrown off so many times. So and the, the, first, the, first, the first one was playing, the second one wasn't. Yeah. The prime example is like Wednesday night when AW, and I don't know what the hell was going on in AW on Wednesday. But what the fuck was that match? Because I'm like, what is going on here? They had a three way. I'm like, okay, is this what kind of match am I looking at right now? Yeah, I and I asked Ron, and Ron was like, I have no idea what I'm, what I'm watching. <laughs> It had me confused too, so don't don't feel bad. And and I'll say this, and then we can move on, unless somebody else has something to say about it. Um, um, when you talking about booking, um, I was in a group, and somebody said that um, that booking for Dave Meltzer is no longer paying off for AEW because they're trying to say that AEW was trying to book to please Meltzer. And I said, you know, that's not necessarily true. The, the, the whole problem is the owner of the company is a mark. That same yep. mark is also the, the booker of the show. Is also the director of creative on the show. But he's still a mark. And it exactly what Brandon just said, he's booking these matches. He's booking AEW like he used to book his E-Feds. Yeah, and did anybody notice, too, that if you look on the AEW rosters, Nick and Matt Jackson's name doesn't have executive vice president on the rosters anymore. Did they, you know, sell their shares or something like that? Or did somebody else take over? Because I, I'll check into that. I didn't realize that, that, that it did. Yeah, I noticed, I noticed that in the rosters. I'm like, wait a minute. They used to have, like, 
executive uh, or vice president or something like that because they were charged of the back and everything with Tony Khan and with uh, Kenny and everybody like that. But they don't have it anymore. Yeah. I yeah. never, I never knew or thought they had shares of the company. I didn't, I didn't think that was. Part, part well, of I don't, I don't think it's necessarily shares in in terms of stock. I think they helped invest in it. I don't. I, mean, I they, didn't. They, they got I a didn't stake. Was... Now I don't know. I'll, I'll have to check into that. It may just be that that Tony formed the company with them and named them EVPs. Yeah, that's I what I, a, I thought. Yeah. He put off the money up, and they were just you know part of the concept and. The idea of forming the company. Yeah, I always assumed, and I obviously should have looked into this before, but I always assumed that the Bucks, Omega, and Cody had money in it. Now, obviously, nowhere near as much as Khan, but. Yeah, Yeah, I never thought that. I just thought they had the idea and brought it to him, and he was the money man behind it. And he just put them in those positions, like, okay, y'all here with the idea, and I'm over. The investing y'all idea. That's what I thought. He was their angel investor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll check into it. That That's something uh, worth looking uh, into. Now now the question's in my head. I, I got to know. <laughs> got right. to know. Got to know. Got right. to know. Next matchup is Julia Hart. No, uh, This is the match that had us all, when last week when we were doing our predictions, that had us all confused as hell. But it ended up being... Julia Hart versus Chris Statlander versus Sky Blue. The winner, completely shocking to me, was Julia Hart. They gave this match a B. All of us thought, or all of us got this wrong, rather. Yeah, Three of the the four of us got Chris, or had Chris Statlander. I had Sky Blue. Not a single soul thought Julia Hart was going to win this match. Absolutely not. Nope. Mm Mm-mm. All right, now, Kurt, here's the next one where I'm going to, or the first one where I'm going to need you to give me the grade once I say the match results. Uh, Next up is Hangman Adam Page taking on Swerve Strickland. Swerve Strickland gets this win, which shocked me. I thought uh, Hangman would get it, even though I picked Strickland. I picked him because I don't like like Hangman. Uh, What was the grade on this one, Kurt? A minus. So they're talking about the interest, right? That's bullshit. Talking about they, did, they, did they include the entrance in that? Kurt, did you I, see, did you, no, did you see Swerve Strickland's entrance? No, I didn't see anything. I, I didn't see anything. You got to check that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely, I saw it. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> well, that has to be what they're what they're grading it on. That must have given it the A like that. Hey man, I I, I, abs- I don't know about y'all, cause I know y'all, you know y'all like have y'all faith. I absolutely, from a dude that's from Southwest Atlanta, I absolutely love that interest. <laughs> Shout out to Prince Nana, man. Hey man, oh he loves that's the interest. He always loves to dance to it. <laughs> Hey, man, that's how all the teachers walked out of work on Friday, bro. So, Just like that. So, Brandon and Kurt, you, Brandon, you watched some of the highlights of this match, didn't you? Yes, I did. Okay, so you've seen some of it. Kurt, we, we talked about this very, very briefly in, in the pregame. This match involved a staple gun. It involved beer bottle glass. Uh, if it was work glass or real glass, I don't know. I don't think that, I don't think that was real glass. I don't either. Um, 
barbed wire, barbed wire chairs, barbed wire bed. Just it had everything. Tables. And that's another time that the, the fans were calling for fire. Um Yeah, so it 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 wasn't a good match. It's to me. Now I've seen the reviews it's gotten online. People love this match. Over well, based on what I've seen, I'm sure there's some people like me that didn't like it, but people seem to love this match. Um, Swerve's face was red yeah. from all the blood. Yeah. Um, there was at one point where I think he he gave uh, Hangman Adam Page some sort of move on the announce table, and his back is against the barricade, you know, and then right on the other side of the barricade is the fans. So Swerve. His his head was down, and if I saw it right, he takes his head and slings it back to get to get the the uh, uh, locks out of his face. And I'm thinking, dude, you're slinging blood. So maybe something to come of that. I don't know, but both of these guys bled heavily. Um, it, it was just it was not a good match to me. They it Swerve got stapled several times it wasn't just once or twice then i think at one point um adam page stapled a piece of paper to his cheek swerve was stapling himself at points in that match yeah and i'm just like it, the- so it was, yeah, they, somebody said he was um it's a video game character that i'm thinking of they was like he's basically doing that video game character like, and yep. it, i mean i i personally I I can deal with a Texas death death match based on what I remember Texas death match being when I was younger, and it wasn't this. Um, I don't like to see the matches where they they're cutting people with glass, where they're um, stapling people. That's I don't I don't want to see mutilation. I want to see rest in peace, New Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, in my opinion. Uh, Kurt, you didn't miss much. Um, what did you think about this match, Hill Club? Because I know you watched it. Well, I think it's something that maybe the fans kind of wanted to see. Maybe because, you know, back in my days in Brandon's day, seen the Attitude Era, of course, like everybody else. And that's when the fans really came to the arenas to see blood to see weapons to see chair shots even though yeah even though they don't do chair shots to the head anymore but that's what they did and that's what the fans really wanted to see when when swerve got tombstone on the chair with the bob wire too i was like oh my god and he was he popped up after i was surprised he popped up after that shot i would think that maybe you know like the old Terry Funk and Mick Foley days when you get blood and you're getting barbed wire and you're not going to get up for a while. Yeah. Did you see that shot when um, Swerve hit Hangman in the back of the head and the barbed wire came out and caught Hangman's yeah. across the yeah, face? Yeah, it hit That was brutal. That was brutal. Oh. I said, God, I said, if that's real barbed wire, I was like, I know, I, 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 I know for a fact if that was real barbed wire, which I'm sure I think it was. Yeah, because it so pulled him back at, after it pulled it pulled him back and it snatched him back. I said, I bet that hurt like hell. Yeah, God Almighty! Oh. <clears throat> and, yep. and slice. Yeah, so, go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, no. Nah, well, 
I'm going based off the I I, I pretty much watched the match. It's just highlight form or whatever. But there were several spots in the match. I put it this way. Like uh Hill Club said, we grew up on New Jack. So when it came to stable guns, I remember the night that's I remember the night where the where, where the uh it was this group called the Baldies. I remember the night yep. that Angel <laughs> I remember the night that Angel stapled New Jack in the eye. Oh yeah. And the crazy part the crazy part was the channel that um we had we didn't have cable at the time, so the channel that ECW was on, we could pick it up on broadcast television, but it was fuzzy. And I could just remember Joey Styles called vividly when he's like New Jack just got stapled in the eye. And then oh you, my it, it God. Was, oh my God. New Jack just got stapled in the eye. And I can remember where the picture cleared up just a little bit. You can see the blood pouring out of um, New Jack's eye. Legitimately. But the thing and so, yeah. oh. and so did, go ahead. Did New Jack get stapled for real in the eye, though? That's they the got stapled. Oh, yeah, it was I real. Got, oh, no, it was real. real. He, he legitimately got stapled. Because that was like a... Uh, that was that was a staple that just kind of went awry and it went straight through his eye. Well, we got yeah. people not New, for real. New Jack didn't play around. He really, Dude, he really real stapled people. And if he had a cheese grater, he would grate your head until blood came out. It wasn't fake. No, New no, Jack no, was no, no. Like, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not at all suggesting some of the things that or the things New Jack did weren't. I was just asking. Oh, no. from a from a. Uh, storyline point: Did he really get stapled, or was it? He got stapled I, I in the eye because oh yeah, he got stapled. No, he got stapled in the eye for real. Because what happened was Angel took the staple gun and was just you know throwing staples everywhere. And the staple went straight through his eye, and so he was holding this eye, and there was legitimate blood coming out of his eye. And that's a, that's the image I never forget. So, yeah. but but at the time, you know, hey, like 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 Hill Club said, we we grew up on that, so it's like every week we wanted to see that. And so these type of matches or whatever right here, every once in a while, I, I knew this was gonna be this type of match. When I saw when I seen the promos and everything. And so I ain't gonna lie, I kinda like shit like this. I just don't need to see it every week. Yeah. So um, uh, but there was some brutal spots with um when when Heyman Page stapled that piece of paper to to uh uh, uh what's his name? Sheep. He ripped it off and yeah. then he drunk some of his blood. I'm like, okay, now that's over the line. Yeah, I don't need. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't need to drink another man's blood to show. Not only I don't even like when the dudes they would take the blood off somebody and then they'll write the blood across their chest and all that. I remember Jerry Lynn. I forgot who it was. Jerry Lynn did the same thing. He took the blood and wrote "fuck you" or something across his chest or something like. Oh, they wrote "die" across his chest and all that. I'm like, okay, that's over the line. But I, yeah. I just think. Yeah. That, that, because of what AEW already does with gimmick matches, matches like these tend to go, for me, over the top. It, it, this was overkill yep. to me. Uh, so, I mean, that's just me, though. Um, I, I, can, I would like for Kirk to watch this match and tell me what he thinks of it at, at some point. Yeah, I can he's got to watch it. I can almost watch it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I seem to be in the minority, and I'm not saying just here. I mean, like, I've read reviews and everybody's like, man, that match was great. That match was Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think just based on what I've seen, I think both of them guys put on the show. They really did. And they and I think that that was a match that the fans expected. And, you know, they, they really, those guys, they, 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 they put on the show. And it, but, you know, it was points where I was just like, okay, that's over the line. But they really did. They put on the show. They said from start to finish. That match was just balls to the wall from start to finish. Like, they did not let up on each other. 
Like they, they didn't waste no, there was no bit. They didn't waste no time. It's like motherfucker, I'm gonna kill you, and motherfucker, I'm gonna kill you. And that was it. And so every once, every once in a while, the wrestling fan in me, I love to see shit like that. Every once in a while, I just don't need to see it every week. So, yeah, I think that's what killed the hardcore era in WWE too, because you've seen hardcore matches like you know, twice every week. And you're yeah. like, okay, you know, this is getting kind of boring and everything. You're going to throw somebody through a glass window. You're going to throw them on the, hit them on the table each and every week. Yeah, yeah you, you got to spice there, change things up a bit. Yeah. See, like, my question is, and then we can move on. My question is, and, and you guys can respond to this question. <clears throat> I would like for you to. But have we not learned anything from David Arquette? And I can't remember the name of the wrestler who got his, his, his artery sliced open on his arm. I think it was Oscar or something like that, an independent guy. But have we not learned anything from those two incidents? Now, granted, those two incidences included uh, fluorescent light tubes. But at the same time, David Arquette almost died in the ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and this dude, that uh, the Oscar guy, I think his name is, uh, Jim Cornette, <laughs> I'm suing him. But uh, the guy slices uh, the, a major artery in his arm. And, you know, are we not, do we not care about these things? Have we learned nothing? I get a table, I get a chair, I get a ladder to a degree, but just like the staples and all this stuff, I, that ain't for me, man. Yeah, and all the light tubes and everything you smash. I don't do the light tubes and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't do that because I know. Just seeing shit like that, I'm like, somebody, if it goes the wrong way, somebody could legitimately get killed. And that, that's yeah, why I draw behind it. Um, the stuff that, the stuff, the stuff that New Jack was doing, well, actually, shit, a couple times New Jack damn killed himself. <laughs> but it's like, when you, when New Jack came out, you knew that that was the kind of match you were going to have, so you expected it. You get what I'm saying? Right. And- but, but every once in a while, every once in a while, New Jack got in the ring and actually wrestled. Now, Kurt, so. Kurt, they called this a Texas death match. Um, it wasn't a Texas death match. This, this was just a hardcore, brutal match. So when you watch it, you tell me if that was a Texas death match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next up on the, the co-main event or uh, pre-main event is Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho taking on the Young Bucks. Why do Jericho and... Um, Omega call themselves the Golden Jets. Winnipeg Jets. So they're from Winnipeg. Well, they're both from Winnipeg. So hey, know, they're both, Can- they're both Canadian. <laughs> oh, so Winnipeg they're, Jets they're was both. a former hockey team back in the old days. And that's when Canada had one of the uh, most popular hockey teams back then. And then once they dissolved and moved to Washington, then they were never called Winnipeg Jets anymore. Uh, Winnipeg, because both Kenny Omega and Jericho are both Canadians, so that's why they're the Golden Jets or something like that. Just like how Omega and Abushi are the Golden Lovers in New Japan. Wait, wait, what? The Golden Lovers? Yay! Oh my God, you guys are way behind with that one. Well, I know Omega I can't speak for. <laughs> Omega and Abushi were teammates when they first started off. Before Omega joined the Heel Club. Uh, not Heel Club. Bullet Club. Heel Club. Yeah. <laughs> he joined the Heel Club. There you go. <laughs> this is the old days. Uh, back in 2000, 
seven or eight, I think, around there. There, they were go- the golden lovers. All right, then. Well, you know where, you know where the, the Winnipeg Jets came from, right? The new incarnation mm-hmm. of it. You know what team that you, you're you know, asking me? You know what team? No, nah, I'm like y'all know. Because right, I, I team, do know that. Y'all know, know y'all y'all y'all, y'all know the, who the former team is. They are currently now the Winnipeg yeah. Jets. Yeah. Yeah, what's their names? Uh, the, 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 you, you know. The Atlanta Thrashers. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. how they right. do? Oh, wait a minute. There's no Thrashers name right now. They got, they got rid of them, too. That's we, we, we've tried that twice here in Atlanta. It's not yeah. going to work. <laughs> we, had the, nah. we, had the Atlanta Flame, we had the Atlanta Flames, who are now the Calgary Flames. Yeah. Atlanta oh. Thrashers, who are now the Winnipeg Jets, the reincarnation of them. Yep. So let's go ahead and, and wrap this up with the main event of MJF taking on Jay White in a they say that 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 MJF retained, but that doesn't match what they did. Right. First, first off, I, I I should have got on this weeks ago, but I'm going to take a moment to to I think Kurt's going to explode when I tell him what they did. Go but, ahead, Kurt. Explode. Well, <laughs> Oh, why boy. did why did they not address the situation for like a month of Jay White carrying around this belt? Obviously, it's not yours. I understand that for a couple of weeks leading up to a big show. I get that. But no Tony Khan, no ramifications, no nothing. So I could just run up and take anybody's belt in AEW and just hold it until we have a match. But in the very first or in the final match of Zero Hour, Kurt, it was... Uh, MJ, if you'll remember, it was MJF and Samoa Joe in a tag match. After the match, uh, MJF got jumped on. He got injured. They took him in an ambulance. You could see where this was going a mile in, uh, uh, from a mile away. They take him off to the hospital. Later on in the pay-per-view, this is where I think Kurt may lose his shit. They come out on day being Tony Schiavone, a referee, are there at the top of the ramp, and they call out Jay White. Jay White's, Jay White's coming out with the belt. They say that MJF is, is injured. Therefore, the match has been canceled. They didn't say forfeit. They said can't, which that wouldn't have mattered either. They said canceled. So, ladies and gentlemen, your new AEW champion, Switchblade Jay White. Kurt, Kurt, when in the history of your wrestling fandom have you ever heard of them switching a title because of an injury or a match that was canceled? Did we lose Kurt? I don't know. Good question. All right, we may have lost Kurt. I see his mic is on, but he may be away. But yes, that's that's what they did. So. Um and Brandon is on mute. Oh, I'm here. Don't worry. No, I'm, I'm 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 listening. Oh, okay, okay. So that that Brandon and and uh, since we've seem to have lost Kurt, what do you? When have you ever seen somebody win a championship based on a match that was canceled? Never. Okay. Ex- that Hill Club. What about you? Uh, <laughs> can't recall. I don't think there has been ever been a history of that. That's never been a thing. It's never been a. You can't even win the title on a forfeit. 
if so i don't understand what their logic was behind this at all stripping mjf <laughs> sure bless you stripping M- mjf yeah sure i get it but so according to them when they made this announcement jay white is now the AEW champion so then adam cole comes out on crutches saying no i'm not gonna let this happen i'll i'll go against jay white but jay white's already been named the champion so he's officially the champion Here's like, that's, 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 here's that's what they even weirder. Here's where yeah. it's even weirder. No. Hello. Yo. You there? You yeah. there? I don't know what the fuck was happening. I had to hang up and call back. <laughs> Kurt, let me ask you this because I think the same thing happened to me last week, and that's why we lost the show. Um, when you noticed that happened, did your did your phone go black? No. From, okay. okay. Yeah, I, I saw everything, but I'm like, why you can't hear me? So who okay. jumped him? Number one, because that's where I, 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 I uh, asked the question and you couldn't hear me. So who jumped? Him? Well, the guns injured him. Yeah, the guns did. The guns. The guns injured him. Okay. Yeah. So you and, mean to tell me? So they gonna t- he injured? So we gonna cancel the match and just give him the fucking belt? And give Jay White the belt? Yes. So where the fuck we do that? Good question, because I don't know. I've never heard of that in wrestling in my life. Okay, was, so let I me. Think... Oh, go ahead. Go God ahead. damn it. <laughs> I told you, I knew he was going to lose it. Oh, my God. Oh, so we just going to give him the fucking belt. And say oh, the belt. When, so when do we cancel goddamn matches? Oh, damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> but, but, oh, I think the we, get the popcorn ready. <laughs> I think we lost you, Kurt, but here's where it gets even more confusing and stupid. Okay, after they announce. Jay White as the champion. Now that's the thing. They announced him as a champion. They didn't back off anything. They named him as champion. Adam Cole comes out on crutches. And you know, I'm I'm paraphrasing here. Nah, I ain't gonna ain't going down like that. I'm gonna step in the match and I'm gonna wrestle in place of MJF. It'll be you and me for the title. They say yes. What the fuck? So now it's gone from the match is canceled. Jay White is the champion. To okay, now we're going to have a championship match and a match where neither guy is champion between Jay White and Adam Cole. They how long? Did hmm? So how long did this go on? This oh, was just part of the night. <laughs> yeah, it was just that whole whole little bit right there was about ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes. But mm-hmm. that happened be- before the main event came up. So when the main event comes up, Adam Cole's in the ring and Jay White's in the ring and he's acting like he's going to wrestle. Then all of a sudden, the thing you saw from a mile away, here comes the ambulance with MJF coming back to the arena. He gets in the ring, has the match, wins, and they say, and still your AEW World Heavyweight Champion, MJF. So did you read the Bleach Report, the comments they made about this match? Part of it, but I didn't see all of it, no. So so go to, do you have it up, or you want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead and read it. Go ahead and read it. So they gave the match a C, and then they say the logic of, the lack of logic surrounding the booking of this feud throughout the course of this show has been mind-blowing. 
Cole's presence at ringside is hanging over is hanging over like one dark cloud. Why is MJF jumping off the top rope with an injured elbow for, uh, on the floor of white? He's nursing a knee injury. It's far from the course for as far as making sense, but still an absurd addition to this a ridiculous overbooked match. So even Bleach Report think that shit was stupid. And yet they still gave it a C. Yeah. That match, it, now, and Hill Club, you can feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. I think Hill Club liked the match. Um, I didn't. I, I thought everything Bleacher Report said, I felt too. Um, so Bleacher Report is spot on to me. It it was just a confusing and muddy situation with that belt. Got even more confusing and more muddier before the main event ever happened. It was it was insane, and I didn't I didn't reach out to you specifically last night, Kurt, because I knew you were you were busy at the party. But I was like, has this ever happened? I know we're going to cancel a match and just give the match to, to the guy that was supposed to be wrestling the champ. No, what the fuck? And this is what I mean that you got to mark booking. So, now, Hill Club, I, I think you were on mute um, and yeah. stepped away for a moment. You yeah. actually enjoyed this match, right? I enjoyed the match, yeah, because, you know, it. I've watched Jay White wrestle, and I know he's an experienced wrestler. He's very good at entertaining. MJF is very good at entertaining. It's just that the whole concept beforehand, uh, I have a question, though. Are they going to put Jay White as current, a former champion? And, and I know you're kind of being facetious with that, that question, but logically, yes. But as as Adam said, he chimed in on my uh, my comment last night. I'm applying logic where logic doesn't exist. But it, it, they're acting as if they never named Jay White champion because Adam Cole came out there and decided to wrestle in MJF's place on his own, mind you. Nobody said Tony said jack shit. Yeah. But who is so, who is Adam Cole to make a uh, make the judgment like that too? Either way, he's in crutches. He's technically on the inactive roster, right. and he's saying that he's going to step in for MJF. And that's what I'm saying, man. This 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 whole thing between Jay White and MJF, and the fact that they got MJF involved in just about every storyline that's going on in in AEW right now, it it made no sense. Yeah. It made zero sense. Yeah, and then I don't know if somebody said it too that maybe MJF is being overbooked. I definitely think think he is, uh, but that's AEW has their AEW, in my opinion, has themselves to blame for this, right? Um, because they have nobody else. Yeah, and and you well, they had they had no. That's that's not true. They have people. They have not developed them and put any challengers line them up for MJF to challenge. And that's right. their fucking fault. That's true. Yep. That is Absolutely. True. That's their Absolutely. fucking fault. Yeah. Because his whole title reign has been shit. Yep. It's been shit because of them. If they have a million fucking people, he can go against every every fucking day if they did it right. And when they had the yeah. chance to, to They fucked all off, this up. Yeah. When they had the chance to this pay off a... Wardlow and MJF, Wardlow went away. Yeah. And when this he came a... back, he got in a feud with Hobbs. Then he went away. 
you earned this, this, You haven't built any. And, and, the, and the and the and the logical thing behind all this right now, they really. So let me ask something because I so I didn't see it. Did they reveal who the who the did the devil is in the mask? Did they reveal that? You no. think they would, but no, they, they didn't reveal them yet. Okay, so so good. So in my mind, if you reveal the devil, in my mind, it, it should be Warlow. To where him and MJF can have a few and a long drawn out few that would save some of his title reign and get people more engaged and want to see them two go back and forth. This is a title reign. This this is a title reign that everyone anticipated and was excited for. You know, and it's been shit. And it's been shit. And it's but it's not to the it is not to the fault, like you said. It is not to the fault of MJF. No, it's not his fault at all. He is he is running the plays that's being called. And he and he's trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit right now. Right. If that ever applied, it did here. It was it was just. I didn't like it. Yeah, All right, so let's get to the uh, question of the hour with uh, who's won this week. Remember last week we had a perfect game from uh, from Kurt. This week there is no perfect game. Um, so Brandon got four out of nine correct for for forty four percent. God, Kurt, Kurt got. Hey man, it's AEW. We'll forgive you on this one. <laughs> no, I just yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Kurt got six, coming in at sixty-seven percent. Hill Club and I both got seven, so both of us have seventy-eight percent. So we're we're the co-champion. We we are, uh, we, are we are the, the we are the confusion that is the WWF or WWE title picture right now. So now over, overall, Hill Club, what did you think about the show? Some moments I thought they could have been a lot better. Some moments I thought it was kind of like, eh, decent. But you know what? It is what it is. You know, knowing how someone who's not a professionally bookie, I think is just a fan who's just making up matches, has got money around, say, oh, we're going to throw this, this, and this, and this, and this around, and everything will be all set. And we'll get some good ratings. No. They need a mastermind at the helm, in my opinion. And that's why Vince was always the mastermind in WWE. Eric Bischoff was always the mastermind in WCW. Paul Heyman was the mastermind in ECW. Tony Khan is a fan running the show. What's, and, and what's the difference? It, Bischoff is somewhat of the exception to the rule. But what is the common thing amongst all of those people except Tony Khan? Huh. Well, all, Tony Khan. They they all have a deep history in the wrestling business. Right, exactly. The 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 exception being um, Eric Bischoff, even though he was in the AWA, he wasn't intricately intricately involved in the promotion. Um so you know, but again, he learned. He learned production and all that from the wrestling perspective. And you, like you said, you've got a fan that owns a promotion, is the CEO, the GM, head of creative, main, and the booker for everything that goes on on his show. No one man can do that alone. Vince didn't do that alone. No, Vince had a pet. <laughs> Vince had, Vince had uh, Pat Patterson. He had 
Uh, Gerald Briscoe to uh, Pat. They say Pat was a great finish guy. Yeah, and he had proof. You know, Vince had people. Vince made the last decision, but Vince had people to bounce ideas off and say, okay, what do y'all think? And he might not agree with all of them, but he listened to them. He did (laughs) do that. Yep. But Tony Tony is convinced. Tony is a one man showing that he wanna do everything and that's yep. not why you do it. And he, he's convinced that what he's doing is good. I wish I had a I wish I could just reach through the through the T V one time <laughs> and find him and hit him in the head with a goddamn hammer and say, Wait the fuck up. <laughs> but I mean when you when you look at things with the the uh the viewership going down, the attendance going down the now i don't know if this is true or not but Cornette said on his show when they were in louisville they had folks on the street trying to give out tickets and people wouldn't take them damn i would believe it i believe that wcw I, I, used to do it so i couldn't i, I believe that believe it i believe it and it's just and again hill club can vouch for me it's watching Looking at, at that arena, we've seen Lakers games in that arena. We know what a crowd looks like. Yeah, then they, they they redid the inside of that arena, right? Say they I don't did. remember that. I said they, they they redid the inside of that arena, right? Because I don't remember yeah. that middle portion being there. I think I the think middle portion was there because um, that's where they used to come out. No, I mean like where like the, it's like the lower level separates to the middle level. I don't oh, remember that oh, being oh, there. I thought you were talking about behind yeah. like where midcourt would be. No, no, no. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I don't they, remember that being there. They definitely redid it because the seats in there are, are a different color now. Because right. with my vision, <laughs> I'm looking at the show last night and I'm like, that looks like an awfully lot of empty seats. But am I, am I just. Yeah, I know. He it. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way. And look. They, you know how on on Dynamite, they uh they make sure to keep their their camera stuff tight so you don't see all that emptiness. Last night, I guess because it was a pay per view, it was just wide shot city, and you could see how empty that arena was. Damn, the upper boy. the upper bowl was completely blacked out; you couldn't see mm. it. And I want to say the bowl right below that was blacked out. And even when you come down from to that bowl where you're talking about, Brandon, where they where you were talking about the changes, there were still empty seats spattered throughout there. Damn boy. It it was it was rough looking last night. And and it, it as much as we praised AEW for their Wembley show, how professional it looked, how how crowded it was. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. That just totally caught me off guard. <laughs> but, caught me off guard too. That's why I said I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, you know, for as much praise as we gave them for that, I'm gonna give them as much shit for this forum show. I I, I don't know what it takes to book an arena. I don't know what kind of arenas are available or whatever. But I would think. And I know they book these months in advance. I would think that whoever's booking the arenas, maybe that's Tony too. If they're looking at this and when they go to the next round when they to schedule an arena, like, all right, this thing holds 19,000, Tony. I really think we need to find like a maybe 5,000-seat arena. 
or something because mm. I know they're out. The smaller places are out there. And there's nothing wrong with it. No, no there's nothing wrong. wrong with that at all. Nothing no. wrong with it at all. It's nothing wrong with it. Because, sometimes, because, hey, sometimes small, sometimes man, the smaller venues be more lit than the big venues. You know? Yeah, yeah I mean, look at NXT. They have a small I'll arena. Give you all a better example than that. Raw in the in the mid to late nineties, they yeah. were running arenas that were like they were ten thousand or less. Now, and, yeah. and ten thousand was was pushing it. Mm. They they yeah. were running much smaller arenas and, and were still putting on a good show. Yeah, like, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed when they uh, did like the Elks Lodge in New York and stuff like that, the Manhattan Center and all that. Those were pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, they were. They were. It still yeah. is to this day. Yeah. Do it right, and the production is good. Those those are pretty cool places to put on a show, man. I'm like, you ain't you ain't got to be doing no big arena every right. night. When you when you right. go to New Jersey and New York, why go to Barclays? You know you're not going to sell it out. Go to Hammerstein Ballroom, right? And, Look. and since you're you're such a, a '90s nostalgia nut, you could play it up to like, hey, we're in one of the homes of ECW or something. But I would love. I would love to turn on Monday Night Raw one night, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to the Hammerstein Ballroom." Yeah, and they do a that. show, and they do a show, and it's not even like a legend show or anything like that. They're just doing a regular show. Hey, we're going to the Hammerstein Ballroom. It's the 30th anniversary of Raw. We're going to the Hammerstein Ballroom, and we're going to put on this show and just make it an intimate venue. I think that'd be coolest shit in the world. I thought they did that already. No, they did, but it was like a legend show. I'm talking about just do a regular show. And it's you know just do a, just do a regular show with the roster that you have now. You ain't got to bring out. I mean, you could bring out maybe one or two legends, maybe. But I'm just, but you know the, 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 that's that shit like overkill now. Just put on a regular show with the guys that you got now. Just fix the arena up to where it's it's kind of halfway modern or whatever, but it still had that intimate space or whatever. And just put on a show and see what you do. So what what was the first year wrong when they did that? What year was that? That was ninety three. I, I could have sworn they did that this year. Yeah. No, they didn't do that. They, they, they didn't do that this year. This is a couple years. This is a couple years back, like right before COVID. No, I thought they did a thirtieth year anniversary this year in the Hammerstein Ballroom. I could have sworn no, they, they, did, they did. did do that for Raw, but then they only had like people sitting in there and DX and uh, um, Gallows and Anderson yeah, they and NWO yeah. came out. It was like a little special. That was it. Yeah, they ran. They ran two arenas that night. Actually, Scott Hall. I, I want to say that might have been twenty five. Raw twenty five must have been had to be because Scott Hall's still alive. So it had to be yeah. Raw twenty five or whatever. And they and they ran they ran two venues that night. They did the Barclays for the main show, and then they did the Hammerstein Ballroom. What? No, it wasn't Hammerstein Ballroom. It was the Manhattan Center. They did that for the um the other show when they had Jr. and the King. But you know they didn't run. I always felt like they should have ran the show exclusively in the in the uh, in the Manhattan Center. I thought that would have been cool to shit. And just you know, did a three hour show there or whatever. You had hardcore fans there and everything. And but yeah, they ran two venues that night. So I just I think that they should go back and do that again. All right, yeah. But absolutely. just have but just have the main show and it's just every once in a while, man. Just do it in these little small arenas or whatever where it's like way more intimate because the crowds are like way more lit that way. Way more those those are your hardcore fans right there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But Tony Khan, needs to, he need to start. He need to hire people. They devise him and listen to them because what he's doing, AEW would not be around in five years. There's no way. Yeah, it's, no. it's not no working. Way. It's not working. And I'm gonna say this right here, and this is what I wanted to tell y'all earlier. Last Thursday, I I watched um, Impact TNA, and if 
if they had the money behind them really invested on production, they would be not on WWE level, but they would be above AEW. I, yeah. I haven't seen the shows. I've read some reviews for shows. The wrestling is way better. Yeah. Nice. I'm talking about way better. I'm telling you, if they had the money behind it, just really behind it to push them, they would be the second big wrestling promotion right now. Hands yeah. down, wouldn't even be close. Yeah, yeah they got the young wouldn't talent. They got some veterans. So that's a good company that will rise up. Yeah, yeah, I think they're on the way back. Cause they, um, they, and you know what I love? Oh, and I always love it. They have some great fucking names for their pay-per-views. Great names. Yeah. The, the next pay-per-view they got coming up is, is hard to kill. Yep. Look. <laughs> look. <laughs> hard to kill. Look. Hey, Kirk, hey, that's one of your favorite moves, eh? <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm sitting here hard. But another one wrong, after man. that. After that, it's Snake Eyes. Like, whoever wow. come up with the names for their pay-per-views, it's fucking, it's good. Hey, we, we talking pay-per-views right now and names. NWA just had the, the craziest name, Sam, Sam Ames. Yeah, I don't Sam know Ames. what the fuck that was about. <laughs> I want to start with Brandon, and then go Hill Club, and then go Kurt. How many pay-per-views do you think they got for that show? Brandon. How many buys? Say so what? How many pay-per-view buys they got for that show? Yeah. 100. Okay. Uh, what about you, Hill Club? Uh, less than 100. Maybe around, say, like 60. Right. Kurt, what about you? Uh, I'll say 50. All of you went below. Um, I thought y'all were going to shoot high. Y'all went below what they got, 211. <laughs> well, I was the closest. So, I was the closest. So if this is price is right, I was willing. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't win much out of that one. I don't want to shit out of one. I got on stage, so, so A brand let's, new so, car. So let's, so, let's, so let's all let's all take a deep breath right here because I'm about to lose my fucking shit. Here we go. <laughs> you got 211 by on a pay-per-view, but you are in negotiation to have a deal with C-Dub. Get the fuck out of here. That's just one station. They were supposed to be a second station, too. Well, no, it was was two deals with the same network. Now, so listen, okay, so let's be logical. Let's be logical about this now. Whenever anybody, any business person about to do business with you, they can look at what you're presenting, what you're producing, and project on what your buyers are going to be. So do we really, do any of us on this call, really believe that anybody, any big network was going to give them a deal knowing that they wouldn't get over 500 buyers on the pay-per-view? Do we really believe that? No. Nope. So goddamn Billy Corgan, cut this shit. Stop it. Stop it. Billy, Billy, we would love to have you on the show someday. Absolutely. Just like I said, just like, just like, go back to Dave Chappelle and Charlie Murphy. Grandeur of delusion. Grandeur of delusion. Charlie Murphy, everybody. There you go. I was just going to say. Wait, 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 wait. Charlie Murphy. (laughs) All right, y'all. We we, we got to wrap this one up. Uh, We're about two hours, almost two hours in. Um, I didn't uh, think we'll be this long. I didn't either. 
Uh, I, 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 I thought we were going to be done like an hour and a half. Goddamn, Bill. Uh, anyway. Bill. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but folks from. <laughs> Oh, Remember, next week will be our final show of 2013. Or 2000? I went 10 years back, y'all. 2013? Whoa! 2023. I think 10 is the magic number for me today. 10. 10 is the magic number. And you know what it is? As as of today, it's a month from my birthday, so I'm, I ain't even thinking. I'm, I'm focused on, on a month from now. So, But anyway. Next week, uh, we will be live at 7.45 on Saturday, um, November 25th. And, and, we, uh, and we plan on all being together in one place. Yeah. Oh, yes, we are. That's what I was just about to say, that uh, Kurt and, uh, and Brandon will be coming to Casa de Ron. And we're going to set up and uh, have a good time. I've talked to... Uh, Another friend of ours, Kurt, I've talked to Dexter, see if he would be interested in coming on on the panel, um, or even coming by for that matter. Um, but I'll reach out to him, and Hill Club will be a part of the panel, but we will be live next Saturday, November 25th at 7.45 p.m. Eastern Time. We want to make this a big send-off, so um, tell everybody that you know about the show, please. Um, Absolutely. If you, yeah, I will. Listen, I'll make sure. If you, uh, if you ever have listened to us, uh, please, it, it, it legitimately takes about 15 seconds to create a Podbean profile. I know that's a pain in the neck to listen to us on the live broadcast, um, but trust me, we'll, we'll make it work, uh, worth your time. But it, it only takes about 15 seconds to create the profile. It is free. You don't have to purchase anything. So please, please, please make it make a, a point to join us next week for our final show of 2023, and we will be returning in January with some changes that we hope will send us in the direction we want to go with this show. With that being said, Brandon, what do you got to say to the folks before we get up out of here? Hey man, happy Thanksgiving, y'all! And uh, Brandon's going off the grid for a couple of days. I'm going to get some rest, and hopefully, everyone that is off. Have any days off this week, man. Get the rest that you need. It's the holiday season. And just, you know, y'all enjoy your week. Enjoy your family and everything. And, and that's pretty much it. All right. Almighty Hill Club. What do you have to say to anybody before we get up out of here? Well, thank you all for letting me be on here. And I cannot wait till Saturday, Survivor Series night. It's going to be an honor to be on for a season finale for you guys. And as much as I always appreciate being on here, I know you say it all the time. You appreciate me being here and chiming in as always. Gentlemen and fans, have a nice holiday. Have a nice Thanksgiving. Fill your stomachs up. Eat all the turkey and stuffing or that's all you want. But save some room for Saturday night because Survivor Series is not only just the fans' pay-per-view. It's my pay-per-view. It's the first pay-per-view I saw when I became a wrestling fan. So everyone gets to enjoy it just along with us. The Survivor. I don't know about y'all, but I call it the Survivor Series. Kurt, what about you? What do you got to say to folks when we get up out of town? Um, y'all be safe out there. Um, enjoy the holidays coming up, Thanksgiving. Tell the people you love, you love them, because life is short. Absolutely. And uh, look forward to y'all listening to the show next week. 
All right. So, folks, there you have it. Um, be sure to join us next week, Saturday, November 25th at 7.45 p.m. We are going to do a live watch-along for the last broadcast of 2023. We're going to be watching Survivor Series. War Games. And we would love to have you join us. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Um, love one another. Be love. Give love. And have a safe, happy, and uh, full Thanksgiving. And we'll see you guys back here Saturday at 7.45 p.m. Kurt, if you would, please send us out of here. Peace. Peace. Adios. Arrivederci.